everyone. Welcome back for another week of Vinyl Divers, your favorite vinyl music podcast out there. Honestly, it doesn't have to be your favorite. I don't care. It's one of my favorites. That's all that really matters. Yeah. I have a sweet episode for you all today. <laughs> for you all today. As you can see, I already have a, a guest here. And it's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Met him through podcasting, through the network. He's on the network with his own podcast. Oh, yeah. He is, I don't think I can even do justice to bring him in. Oh I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. Go, oh. go go for it. Should I just go full out? I mean, it's your boy, see him, a.k.a. the nerd, a.k.a. the world heavyweight champion of live podcasting. What's up, Vinyl Divers? I thought it was former. Wasn't it former? Well, it, it used to be former heavyweight champion of Facebook Live. Oh, oh so, so just... now it's live podcasting. Oh, 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 oh. oh, I didn't see what you... We ah. stepped the game up, baby. He's like, I'm just going to establish a title and take it for myself. Yeah, you, you can all come for it now. Right. I just, I constantly make titles for myself. You will learn this. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's it, it's okay. I think it's supposed to be like that because... It's just, I, I think it just comes with the territory. It's my character. You yourself, apart from just being Christian, you are definitely a character. I am. I'd, I'd, I'd second that heavily. <laughs> so you, would, uh, you do some podcasts. You do a podcast on the network. For it's- sure. Push Start Podcast with my home slice, Matt Johnson, who also has his own podcast, Two Point Conversation. Um, but in the future, little hint, 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 I will have my own solo podcast as well. <gasps> I'm not going to tell you guys what it's called or what it's about, but just know. Be on the lookout on the BICBP radio. Nice. But I am so ecstatic to be here. I've been thinking about it ever since we talked about it at RockCon. Dude, it's going to be a fun episode today. Yeah, I because agree. Little did does little did I know, when I first met you, I thought, I'm like, whoa, this is some video game nerd that's got some like awesome like Facebook group, and they play video games, and they talk about it, and now they're on our network. Come to find out, you actually know music yeah. and do music. So I'm like... I do music. Let's do a podcast. Let's guest each other. Might as well. Why not? So what are you, a musician? Are you a singer? Play guitar? I flex the golden us. pipes. The I do dabble I do dabble a little bit in ocarina playing. So as an instrument, I guess that counts. But mainly it's been a vocal. Um I've been singing since I was like four years old. My mom sings, my uncles sang, so I was always around music growing up. Um, mostly heavily influenced from the church. Really? So, yeah. so they were singing at, for like in choirs and all that? Choirs. Or? And a little fun fact, my mom, as well as one of my uncles, sang backup for Rick James before. Yo, for real? Rick James is from Buffalo. He is. That is true. He grew up in the Langfield project, Projects where my parents grew up. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like a fun little fun fact there. Yeah. I don't, I don't bring it up a lot, but whenever I have my opportunity to throw it out there, you yeah, could flash out there. It's a little cool. It's a little cool tidbit that I know learned from uh various recordings they had from when they were younger. So now, did you start singing in the church when you were younger, or was it more or less just being around them when they were singing? Um, my influence is directly from the church. Um, my first encounter realizing that I could sing was at church. Like I was just in like one of those like group kid choirs where they're like, Oh, it's Christmas coming. Let's all have the kids sing together. And then like the lady that directed it was like, you have a really nice voice for, for a kid your age. And I'm like, what? I can't even understand what you're saying right now. I'm four years old. Like, I don't even know math guys. I'm like, yeah, well, I have a cool voice. So of course I have a cool singing voice. Like it's just, it was lost on me at the time, but 
And they started blowing up the head way too young. They d- they honestly did. They honestly did. <laughs> it's good though. Like it's <laughs> it's when you see someone, and that's one thing I notice a lot is that when the kids have talent or they show potential, yeah, a lot of parents don't. A lot of families don't support it. But from what it sounds like, your family did it. They saw that you did have show potential. Yeah, and they groomed it for it. They did. So how I, did you? One person I'm especially thankful for, which this person really does nothing with music, but my brother. Um, he always has been involved with like youth groups or groups of any sort with like performance and stuff like that. Cause he's, he's a really good like manager type person. He's good with handling business for others. So, um, a lot of times when I would hang out with him, cause when we got a little bit older, he moved to Niagara Falls and we still lived in Buffalo. So sometimes in the summer I would come up here and visit with him and hang out and be involved with like his church groups. He had a couple uh, step teams and like choirs that he was involved with. So I would just come up and hang out with him and like get involved in those kind of things. And it wasn't something I really knew that I liked at first. Was this like 10 years old, like 13, like just as a teenager? Or is this more well, in that's high more, school or that's, is this before this? No, that's that one is more like high school. So this, okay. my I, I think my first real realization that I could do live performance was in grade school like chorus like i had a i'll never forget i went to city honors i had a music teacher named miss appleby i distinctly remember her because she had a great collection of mcdonald's and burger king like toys the entire windowsill of her classroom was just like mcdonald's and burger king toys you got in happy meals and stuff and some of them were really really old ones like still in the plastic that she's been collecting since like she was a kid so it was really the 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 energy in that room always like was cool so i always loved being in there but like there was an element of her class where she always made people do a solo performance whether you you know wanted to be a musician or not we were in music class. So she's like, well, you're in my class. So let's try you out in some sort of live performance. And it just so happened that when I sang in front of everybody, it was like, that was my first time realizing like, Oh, I actually sound good because everyone's like, like, you can sing. Like, I guess I can sing based on your, all, all your reaction. Do you remember like what kind of songs you were singing back was, um, were these like this regular that, rhymes or were it like songs from no, the that radio was just like that a, you remember? That was just like a, when we did those, it was just like a song from, you know, like the book that we got in the curriculum. It'd be uh, like whatever, whatever song whatever, it was. Music book. Whatever old McDonald they had in there type of song. But it the music I enjoyed listening to was like that soulful, crooner, like R&B, really deep vocalist, just from the gut vocals, you know? Nice. I love stuff like that, like those Aretha Franklins and, you know, Prince. That's my guy. Rest in peace. Both of them. Dude, both of them oh. for sure. Oh, but, man. Uh, I just hit myself in the feels on accident. You did that. You walked into it like you led yourself there. <laughs> I did. I got clotheslined by the feels. <laughs> but yeah, all that kind of music was a real heavy influence for me growing up. And my mom, being a singer herself, mm-hmm. especially a gospel singer, she always had that really soulful, deep, you know, undertone to her voice. And I always loved that. So just listening to that growing up, it kind of groomed me into the type of singer that I became when I was an adult. Nice. Now, when you were in high school, did you end up singing in the choirs in high school? Yeah. Or? I sang in choirs and chorus in high school. But, you know, I went through this period where 
I was like too cool for school, and I was like, I'm in high school now. I'm not, I'm not about to be going to no chorus. I'm, if I want to do some music, I'll do it myself. So when I turned like 15 or 16, I started recording like my own music with one of my buddies, Darmel, and like that was probably my earliest remembrance of self-recording, like in his bedroom. Now, what were you recording? Because when me and my friends, I go back, I remember us recording on like my old laptop with like a USB mic. Yeah. And it was like some horrible punk or what we thought was rock and was bad. Dude, I actually. <laughs> so, what was, so what were you and your friends were like? I actually have all the original tracks that we recorded. The first five tracks I ever recorded, I still have them. Really? I would yes. give anything to go back and be able to grab my old song list. See, as long as I had. the type of person that I am is I'm a file hoarder. So if ever I have access to your computer and you let me plug my hard drive in there, you best believe anything that I like, it's going on my hard drive. So whenever I would go to my buddy Fresh's house, I would just bring my external hard drive and any song that I involve myself with, be it a feature or something we record for me personally, I took it. So I have I have all of that stuff still. That's but crazy. I was singing like R&B, just like, I'm embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed. Ah, just like singing about stuff that I wasn't doing, about like, you know, getting girls and like smoothing over the ladies. But I, I was like 15 years old. I didn't know anything about that at the time. All I knew was Power Rangers and, you know, Ninja Turtles and Tekken. <laughs> But, like they gotta like me for something. Yeah, but it was like you know what? If I'm gonna be famous, I'm gonna be like Michael Jackson. You know, I'm gonna be like singing girls' panties off. That was my <laughs> that was my idea of being like an, a famous musician. I could see that. Yeah, that was ninth that was grade, my motivation. Ninth, ninth grade Christian, ninth grade Seaham singing girls' panties off. Where dude, like ju- volume two, skip Fre- the one, just straight volume two. <laughs> so now you know it's important. Fresh with a couple of strands of hair on my chin, you know. So I was like, yeah, I'm the man now. I'm gonna get girls. <laughs> But <laughs> that was that was the the beginning of my motivation for like trying to sing and perform openly. And did you ever perform or sing openly with uh, during high school with your so with the soul and R and B? Yeah, uh, like my first solo was with Miss Appleby, um, I, and I'll never forget it because I wasn't supposed to be the one that sang, but the the guy that was scheduled to do it didn't mm-hmm. show up. But I knew the part because I knew all the parts. That was just something I. I just got a weird brain. When I'm around something long enough, I just pick it up and I don't even sometimes consciously realize that I did. But like, it was such a well-known part of the song. I'm like, I can sing those four lines. That's nothing, whatever. So the dude didn't show up. I sang it. And I was like, they like me. They really, really like me. (laughs) So from that on, then on, I had like, I don't want to say I had ultimate confidence, but I had a lot more confidence because I don't want to, I don't want to get you guys confused. Now, I'm very confident now. As a youth, I was not like that. I was like your your stereotypical quirky introvert nerd like that didn't want anybody to know that I even sang. It was like taboo for somebody to be like, "What? You you can sing?" And I'd be like, "What? No. What? Who told you that? I can't sing. What are you talking about? Tell lies." Yeah, who who lied on me? But it was like I'll tell you the exact story that broke me out of my shell. Let's hear it. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but when I started doing music, like, I want to say professionally, when I started performing legitimately in venues that weren't school-related. How old were you when you did this? Like 15 or 16. Okay. It was for church. All so right. I, I was in a gospel rap group called Sanctified Flow. 
Yes, I'm, I'm revealing some stuff about myself that a lot of people really don't know. This group still exists to this day. It does? Yes. Um, shout out to Craig, the leader of the group. But um, I started in the gospel rap group. Initially, I just started as uh, auxiliary vocals. Um, I was just doing background singing for whatever hooks or choruses they had for their main songs. And then a couple of the guys that were in the group weren't able to be there as much as they were before. So there was an area of need in the group. So I was like, you know what? I know how to write songs. So I'm sure I, I'm sure I can learn how to rap, you know, it's, it's whatever. (laughs) So (laughs) my first rap was horrible, by the way. So a good friend of mine, John helped me write my second rap. So it was one of the raps that I did when I performed at a concert. Sanctified flow in Niagara Falls was so important at that time period. Like they had big concerts. So like for like a four year period, at this one church called New Jerusalem, they would have a concert every single year to culminate their anniversary. So the year that I was involved, that was going to be my first year performing with them live. So I had, you know, prepared this 16-bar rap to perform on the very last song that they were doing. So I'm practicing it the whole time, all day, leading up to this event. And then when I get on stage, and it's literally my turn, and they hand me the mic, I just forget forget my verse oh just i'm just sitting there rocking like yo yo nothing else coming out but luckily my buddy john he he noticed he was like oh shoot so like he jumped in and then he just started you know like freestyling and then i was sitting there like you know i was gonna i was freaking out inside but i didn't want to show everybody because i was standing in front of the entire concert so i'm like okay i gotta keep my cool and then I don't know what happened, but it just it just clicked and came back. And I tapped him. I was like, yo, I remember. I remember. I remember. So <laughs> as soon as he did that, he was like, hey, and here's my boy Ham. And then he handed me the mic. And I just started rapping. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm really doing this. <laughs> that so is awesome. From then on, it was just like I had this extreme confidence, like in some cases really bad, where I was just like, I got this, bro. You see what I just You see what I just did? But. <laughs> That's that was the first moment I really, really performance-wise broke out of my shell, and I was no longer afraid to perform from that point forward. Now, after that whole initial break, did you start mm-hmm. writing your own material as far as raps moving forward from then? Yep, from that point forward, no one else had ever put a pen to any lyric that I've ever written. Really? Yep. That's something to say. Yeah, dude. It's it it was important to me because I come from like growing up in that time period where not writing your own raps was taboo. Like, mm-hmm. having a ghostwriter was, like, frowned upon. So that was the influence that I had going into it. And I was like, you know what? I kind of felt taken back, too. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I forgot these these bars because they weren't mine. Because I didn't write them. Could be. If I wrote them myself, there's no way I could forget them. So that was kind of my mindset going forward. And ever since then, that was, that was all I did. You're like, But it's cool that I think that's what made me more skilled as a rapper when I started doing sec- secular music, as they like to call it. Um, cause it's really taboo if you're doing Christian music and then you do non-Christian music. Yeah. So it was like, I love doing this. This is cool. But this life that I'm saying that I'm living in my lyrics is a lie. So I can't do this anymore. So if I'm going to continue to do music, it's not going to be gospel. It's going to be my own ideas and Mm -hmm. my own representation of myself. So after that, it was like, you know what? I can't be in this group anymore because 
gospel music isn't it just wasn't for me anymore at that time mm-hmm. i was growing into something else so and i was growing as a man too i was going into like 17 18 years old so i was starting to feel different things and see different things and like the emotions that i had i wanted to translate those into music and i couldn't i didn't feel like i could do that fully doing gospel music that's a lot wow yeah it's heavy, that's, right? You, I bet that you didn't was, expect that. Got that heavy for a minute there, I, but no, it's it's true. It's like you truly grew as like yeah. And when people say, "Oh, they grew as a musician," the music changed. No, you literally, I literally legitimately changed. Legitimately grew through your music, mm-hmm. and you use that Christian influence and that aspect to kind of hone in your craft, learn it. Yep. Fix your mis- not mistakes, but kind of see where you think you went wrong. So you're like, maybe I could let's try this different. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat to kind of see that, to hear I, that story one on one to someone you're like well, I. Never would have thought that. Yeah. I, when I tell people this story, they're like, come on. And then I, I still like have, again, I have files of me doing gospel rap. And people are like, what? Get the heck out of here, dude. I'm like, yeah. And I think that's the response. It's responsible for me being such a good lyricist because when you're rapping about something like that, gospel or or Christian based, it has to be based off of something like whether you're getting something from the Bible or reference that you've heard in church, you can't front like you can in regular music. You can't be like, oh, I got a bunch of cars. I got this. And like everything you say has to be based in some sort of truth through the through the bible or through the gospel of whatever you're trying to say. It has to have like a true meaning. It has to have a true meaning. Yeah. So a a lot of my lyrics were like direct like snippets from parts of scripture and then I would put like lyrical verbiage after it or something like that. So it was like when it became time for me to just rap about anything and I had no restriction, I was like, this is too easy. Like like, what? I've been doing it with restrictions and I've been killing it. Killing it. Now I just get the open. (laughs) Once that happened, I was like, Oh, this is a wrap. They just gave you a sandbox Mm -hmm. and they're like, go play. And then once that happened, you know, at the age of 17, I released three mixtapes. Really? Yep. What's the name of your first mixtape? First mixtape was Out My Boombox. I made the out, artwork for it, too. Out My Boombox. Out My Boombox. How many tracks? Uh, I believe 15. 15 or 16. Holy. But they, were, they, like, they, weren't, like... they weren't all original. Some of them were like covers to other songs, or I would just like rap over other beats or do my version of a song that I liked. So. All right, so it's different, but still, like fifteen tracks on a on a mixtape of this kid. Let's be honest, you're not that you're a nobody, but in yeah. in the rap community, you're who are you? like you're you're nobody until you get noticed. Exactly. So for you to come out to be like, hey, by the way, guys, I'm C Ham. Uh, here's a mixtape, fifteen yep. songs, and uh, me and my buddy Fresh recorded all the tracks too. We didn't go to a studio; we did them ourselves on our snowball mic on his laptop. Now, at this point, did you start looking into engineering? No, not that early. I was just uh So this learnt- is how you kind of got That's kind of how I got into that. Um it was just from the ages of like 17 to like 20, 21, we were just self-taught engineering on the fly like learning whatever program popped up in front of us. That's crazy. Like it was it was very inter- it was a very interesting ride. That's neat. Now, when you guys played now, you said so you perform live out at churches and mm-hmm. um the Saint the New Jerusalem. Yep. Did you ever play when you start going uh, secular? Yep. I don't think I've ever heard that term. Yeah, it's it's a real ch- it's a church people term. <laughs> so when you when you broke away and you you went more just mainstream and just you had the open world, mm-hmm. did you ever perform live anywhere with Hell, that? 
Hell yeah. I performed at Fredonia. I performed at Fredfest twice, actually. Wait, you performed at Fredfest? Yes. Dude. My but- Shout out to Banga, because he actually is a pretty solid musician right now. He, um, he was the president of the Black Student Union in Fredonia. So anytime they had performance venues or events like that, he'd hit me up. So I had like an I had an in. The first time I performed there, there there was a Black Student Union event, and and the main draw was Memphis Bleak from Rockefeller. I opened up for Memphis Bleak, and like at that time, it was like that was when the rock was like still huge. So I thought that was a really big accomplishment, especially because I was only like nineteen or twenty at the time. That's crazy. Dude. So it was it was pretty sick. Um, but I, I performed at most of my performance venues around that time were colleges. Like I had another buddy, Kevin Southern, who was the president of the Black Student Union in UB. I performed there a couple times, like for sorority uh, events. Sometimes they would do like sorority themed dinners for whatever frats or sororities were in the school. Mm-hmm. And there was one in particular that I went to where whatever the women wanted, the men had to do it. So it was like the women literally sat there the entire time. There was they didn't get up if they needed to get food or if they wanted to drink or anything like that. They just sat in their seat and the men catered to them. And it was my job to sing to them whatever song they wanted when they requested me. So they'd just be like, Christian, come here, sing, whatever. And then I would sing it to them. I got paid to just sing to women the entire night in UB. It was awesome. That's awesome. That was like, to me, like, it might sound insignificant to somebody else that's like done way bigger performance venues, but that right there, that was like, that was sweet to me. And there's like, there's like pictures of it that exist to show that I really did that. And I was like, wow, this might turn into something more than I'm expecting it to. That's, that's definitely, definitely interesting, but that's a, that's an experience that not many people can say. Mm -mm. Like, that's a very intimate singing session, too. Like Right. And it's, like, on the cuff. It's, like, hopefully you know the song that they request. That was my fear. It's, like, oh, I hope somebody doesn't call out a song that I just don't know the lyrics to. But fortunately, everybody called out a pretty, like, knowable song. So it was, like, all right, cool. Was it acapella or did they then do that? All have acapella. To, so just, boom, they're, like. They're just, I just walked around with a cordless mic. And whenever somebody called me, I was just, like, boom, sing. Sing on cue. It was pretty fun. It was definitely interesting. I've never experienced anything like that. I kind of like that. That's cool. It, it really like, it, it made tests, me excited. It, tests, it was a challenge. It tests you as a musician yeah. because it's like, you say you know music, right? but do you? Yeah. And it's like, and all these, there's so many different varieties of women that were in there. They had all different interests. They had, they had so many different songs. Like I would sing a Prince song over here. Then I would sing like an Incubus song over here. And then I would sing like... Who knows what else over here? Like, it was crazy. Dude, who knows what else is practically really good? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, lo- I I really love that. It was like it was like a game. It was like... Oh, that could like, be a game show. Let me see how, yeah, fun see how show. good I can sing this. Like, not the whole, like, man catering to women, but, like, the actual just, like, can you sing this? On cue. On cue. Yeah. No preparation? Right. It was, it was, it was very fun. I thought I was going to do a lot worse than I did. I'll tell you that. <laughs> now, uh... Well, how did you get into the idea that you wanted to start audio engineer, uh, be an audio engineer? Well, like because, most, go ahead. Oh, no, well, like like most things, I know how to do out of necessity. I'm very impatient when it comes to things like that. So it's like I'm not gonna wait for you. I'm just gonna learn how to do it my damn self. That's how I know how to do Photoshop. That's how I know how to do editing with photos. That's how I know how to do audio engineering. It's because I just didn't want to wait for people. So it's like, 
YouTube exists. I'm going to teach myself how to do this. And then it got to a point where I wanted to monetize it as a business. So I started thinking like, if I start charging people to record music, I got to have some way to legitimize it. So that's when I decided to go to school and get my audio recording and production certification. Now, did you, where'd you go to school, if you don't mind? Entry. And and then did you really, from what it sounds like, you pretty much taught yourself everything. Did you, did you learn anything from Entrip? Oh, I learned a lot. Or what was it that, what did you pull from Entrip that brought you to that next level that was like, all right, I can legitimate, I can monetize this now? The understanding of the equipment. I didn't have access to equipment like that at that time because I was, I was, I wasn't rolling in dough like that. Oh yeah, and especially back then. Like, it's, it's a lot easier to acquire equipment now than it was back then. It's a lot easier to acquire it, but still, it's not as cheap. It's still like, not as cheap. It's still, like, yeah. You know, microphones are some of your cheap microphones and cords are cheap because it's they're everywhere. But if you want some good mics, good right. luck. And then on top of that, software, mixers, boards, and all that, laptops, and all that. So it was like. I couldn't afford to be the musician that I wanted to be at the time. But when I went to Entrip, and this was like after the time period of them getting more funding and everything. So the music program had a lot more stuff than they had previously. So that was what what, what was the big draw to me. Because I even took like an electronic music class where you just literally went to this room that was just like an open choir room. And there was a, a like a closet, like a storage closet next to it. And before the class starts, you just go in there and pick whatever electronic Orifice music maker that you wanted to choose from. There's like Juno G keyboards. There's like the Alesis uh, A6 Andromeda, just full full on keyboard. There's like mini Moogs and all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And I'm like, what? Like, and Trip has this? this you want me to my- play with it? This is blowing my mind. So literally every day I went to that class, I tried a different instrument. I played everything that was in that closet before I ended like and it just blew my mind because I never had access to any of this kind of stuff before and it helped me as an engineer because I'm I'm used to just simply engineering vocals so I started learning how to engineer piano engineering drums engineering guitar and stuff that I never had access to before so it helped me broaden my abilities as far as what sounds need to go with what instruments and what types of scenes you're trying to set i never thought of it that way yeah i never would what scenes are setting with your music that's yeah. yeah you definitely come from a different mindset because of that that exposure and that interest and that just you you took the bull by the horns and just dove into it and was like i'm making it mine right and it was like i always talk about the first two senses that are impacted when you when you are doing something of the arts are sight and sound so when you put that into a profile of everything you do, whether it's watching a film or going to work or whatever the case may be, there's a setting of sight and sound for you. So whenever I w- would go into situations like that, that's how I would think of it. How is this impacting my sight and sound? So if I'm going into a rock band, I'm not going to approach it the same way I would like jazz musicians, you know? it hits different profiles of your brain when you're listening to it. That's why I think people like so many different types of music because they hit you in just a different way. So it's the same thing with engineering. You can't, like, I hate when I go and I engineer or I work on something with somebody and they have presets. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get the convenience of presets, but everyone you record is going to sound totally different. So a preset kind of locks you in 
before you can even really hear what they have to offer. So it's like just music in general just helped give me an open mind with everything else. If that makes sense. That makes sense. It kind of teaches you how to approach situations in general. Yeah. Don't go in preset or have expectations. Kind of build your own and groom it and grow where you want to. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was that was always really big to me, too, because I'm a control freak when it's a project I'm working on. If my name is tied to it, it's not going to be crap. Just point blank. I have too much pride in myself to to let something like that go down. So that's why, like, whenever I would work on projects, if I if I did my own mixtape, I would make I would choose all the beats. I would write all the lyrics. I would record all the material. I would make the visuals and I would share everything myself. And I think that's kind of what made me stop doing music for a while, because when you're pulling yourself so many different directions at once, you can't focus on what's the essence of doing music. And that's just the performance itself. Like I, I began to become out of focus whenever I was working on music because it was just, okay, now I made this. Now I got to go make the artwork. Okay. Now I got to go over here and engineer the song. It became a, uh, it was a, it became tasks instead of something I just wanted to do, you know? And it just kind of sucked for a while. So it took me a little bit to, I took like a three or four year, five year hiatus from music completely. And I just recently got back into it like a year and a half ago when I got my machine. What machine did you get? Oh, the machine. Oh, Native the. Instruments, the machine. It's a, a beat making apparatus. It's, uh, you ever heard of an MPC? An NPC? MPC. M- uh, not, I don't know, maybe. Um, it's like, it's kind of like a, a, a MIDI controller for a drum machine. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a drum pad? Yeah, it's essentially. Um, but the machine is so much more than that because. Unlike the MPC, what makes it really different from it, MPC is uh, 100% hardware-based, where everything you have is within the MPC itself. Whatever sound you have, whatever settings you have, it's on the hardware. What Machine did was they took that idea and created their own software interface to match it. So whenever you connect yourself to a machine, you have to use machine-based programming. Okay, so machine is when you're saying machine. I thought at first it was a a joke or like a yeah. no, it's legit. It's, it's called, legit called the machine. The machine. Okay. Yep. M a s c h i n e machine. Okay. Yeah, but I, the one I have in particular is the micro, the machine micro because I wanted it to be able to travel with me because my plan is to eventually link it up with soundboards. So when I'm podcasting and whatnot, I can just, you know, have sweet sound effects and stuff just on the ready at all Bunch times. Bunch of gamer stuff just ready. Yeah, just on, just on deck. But um, I really wanted to get that because I, I like ambient music. I listen okay. to a lot of, like, Flying Lotus and XXXYXX and just crazy roomy sounding music. So I wanted to be able to make that. And I, I know that if I used a program like Fruity Loops or something like that where I had to, like, click tick marks, I, I just wouldn't do it. It wouldn't work for me. I have to, like, feel the touch of the pad. And, like, if I'm hitting that drum, I'm, like, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Like, I'm tapping it. So when you're recording music with a machine and their audio and their the way their uh, software works, mm-hmm. like, 
it's a, it's a recording. Instead of you just clicking and setting it up mm-hmm. as it's recording, you're the one doing it and in getting real it. time, right? And it's like, and it's velocity. You can make it velocity based, or you can just turn it off, like to make it hit the same note every time. But I'm always on like velocity based because if I want that drum to like thump the thump thump thump, I'm like smashing it with my finger. Like, oh, that's cool. It's so fun. Like when we hang out. I gotta see this. I really want to check thing. this thing out, man. This is any, awesome. Any musician I hang out with, I make them like try it out a little bit. Yeah, I'm it's very fun. This. It's very fun. I mean, I feel you. I for a couple of years I jumped away from music, and then yeah, uh, over here he was kind of like you jam, yeah, let's jam, and it just kind of brought it back. And you're like, oh, I miss this. And I get you where you you where you go away and take a break. So when and when you come back, what I realized that you're completely different. Your musician you as a musician, you're different. Not better or worse by skill level. It's yep. just you take that jump off, like break. It's not like not playing, picking up a guitar for a couple months, or right. it's like when you take a two, three year hiatus and you're like, I really don't play it, and you come back. You, your musician, your interest, your a way you play and how you see it is different it's now. Totally, it's different. so much. I like it. I feel like my playing has gotten better. Yeah, and my always my favorite thing about music has been the live performance aspect of it, mm-hmm. like. I always hated when we had to have studio sessions, like where you're just locked in a booth doing music. I prefer to be like out there, like performing, like talking to the crowd and like, yeah, like there's one thing that I always hated when I had to perform is if I didn't have live musicians behind me. I hated performing to a track because say the performance isn't going how you plan it. You can't just like, you can't stop the track and and and, and keep doing your song. Mm-hmm. Like you got to play that track. But if you got live musicians, you can be like, you know what? Quiet those down real quick. Let me just hear the drums. You know, and you can talk to the crowd and you can like really get invested into the people that are listening to you. So like, I always hated the studio side of like being a performer, but I always loved it as an engineer. If it's not my project, mm-hmm. oh yeah, heck yeah, I'll sit in. What do you want me to do? You want me to level some vote? Hell yeah, dude, I'm on it. That's but so like cool. when I'm doing it myself, I just really just want to be the artist. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do all that other stuff. I Whereas know. when I started, I wanted to do everything. So now that I'm older, I'm like, nah, go ahead. You want to engineer? Cool, go for it. <laughs> I'll sing. I'll flex the golden <laughs> pipes for you real quick. I, I performed a few times live, but I never got in a studio, and it's just one of those. Yeah. I want that experience. I love the live performance feeling. Yeah, I love like, the live. I, I do love playing live. Yeah. I've had like those. Exp- I've had that moment where you went blank and you're like, I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> what, what am I, I supposed to say? Playing. I was playing and just, I went to go sing a verse and it was like, I kept playing and and no, everyone just kind of staring at me. Yeah. And I just slowly just kind of turn around and look at the band and I'm like, I don't know what. <laughs> and live. I, like, I kind of rolled over and I look over please. the sax player and I go solo. <laughs> I kept playing and it's like. Dude, but that's I, I I feel you on that. I feel you on the vibe of that. <laughs> but that's that's I had a lot of other weird performing experiences too. Because I for a while I went and I was involved in a, a cover band called 4.0. It was actually rest in peace. It was run by one of my close friends, um, Courtney, Ty, and Cam. Their father, Tony, who just passed away recently. Sorry. Thank you. Um. But he was the lead vocalist and I was around their house so much. Like he started to like treat me like one of his sons. So whenever he whenever the background vocalist from that group quit, first person he hit up, he was like, Christian, what are you doing, bro? Like, do you got some free time? You want to 
You want to? I was like, yeah, I want to sing, dude. Like that's dope. I love bands. So what, what kind of music was that? Oh, it was like all like seventies and eighties, like soul, like funk music, like like Zap Band and all that kind of stuff, like Fun. Commodores and all that, dude. It was crazy all the commoners dude it was there was so much good like I, that was a really good period for me too because it was like I, I became privy to a lot of old school music that i had never heard before just simply like when they're going through like songs that oh what do we want to cover next and they're just listening to all these songs i'm like what what did what is this who is this where i'm like writing down all these I'm, i never heard of any of this music this is incredible so it was like it's like you're learning more again. That's what I love about music. When you just when you think you know what's out there, like somebody smacks you in the face with some sky, like, yeah, here it is. It's exactly how it feels, dude. It's like I didn't even Listen, know I didn't even know the style of music existed, and it's great. I will say, if you do like some funk, there are some funk ska bands I can throw your way, dude. Please do, because I'm on that heavy. I love anything funk. <laughs> I got some stuff for you there, dude. But. Oh man, dude, your journey into music is crazy. I appreciate it. I feel like there's so much more that's untapped, but like time is cutting, like time is running out. I feel that's okay. We can have another episode Uh, someday. I wanted, I was, I had an idea that we talk about Mac Miller for today, but yeah, this went, me talking about you went in, I was like, I don't want. I, no, I'm good. Like, I just wanted, I'm like, I don't want to interrupt. They're like, this is, it's because I never really get a chance to to talk talk about this kind of stuff. Like, there's, if I do, it's not to people that are of interest like you are. They're just like, oh, yeah, they're just listening because they're there, you know. Mm-hmm. But You don't get to actually talk to actual like, musician talk. Exactly. And not just like, oh, I like the same music. Like this like hardcore, like, you know how many times I I wish I had friends that could talk modes right. of music? Right. No one. No one. Dude. And my one friend that does, he doesn't like it. It's not his interest. I'm like, fucking dumbass. Wasted space. <laughs> <laughs> ah. But no, dude, but for real, like I, I love this kind of stuff. Uh, music is one thing that I always learned from like the OGs that I did music around. They're like, dude, you see how old I am. This thing will never go away from you. You will always have music. You can take five, 10, 15, 20 years break. You will always have music. It will come back in some form or fashion. Music's always there, dude. Dude, it's always there. Like whenever always. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm done with music, dude. I get hit yeah. up by somebody. Hey, you want to do a hook to a song for me? I'm like, Shh, I thought I was retired. <laughs> did you did you want to get some- <laughs> of course man anything for the network oh that cast so yeah <laughs> but for sure man we got to keep i have to get you back because i never get to talk in-depth music like this so that was awesome thank you for coming in and talking hell yeah dude know, thanks for having me no problem man uh tell everyone where can we get to see you uh what other shows are you doing all right we're on the bicbp-radio.com and it's the Push Start Podcast brought to you by Gameheads United. Which which is also on Facebook. I don't think I even said it. I well, was I was just on it before yeah, he was, here. He was just a guest yeah. on that show. So. so if you're not coming to this show because you were just listening to that show, get done with this show mm-hmm. and go to the Gameheads or the Push Start Podcast. You yep. go listen to that one. We're 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 uh we're trading swords here, let's say. <laughs> For my weird innuendo that I always throw in there. What, Matt? Don't give me the eye. <laughs> that's what. That's the reaction I was looking for. Man, Christian, dude, you're dude. awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on. No problem, brother. Till next time. Till next time. There you guys have it for Christian. 
I'm Anthony. Thank you for jumping in for Vinyl Divers. Uh, he said it. Go to the network. Like our shows. Go listen to other ones. Give us reviews. Go give them reviews. Show the uh, Pushed Our Podcast and the Game Heads United community some love. Go check them out on Facebook. It is a closed group, so may not get in. Mm-hmm. But see you next time. Peace.